welcome to the third episode of Fresh Meat Manifest Podcast. Fresh Meat is a meeting of minds around the freshest topics in communications. I'm your host, Julian Nabubo. Today, we're going international. We're going to be tackling the nature of public relations in the UK and US on a broad level. We'll be discussing the media landscape in both countries and how that impacts on how we do our jobs as communications professionals. We'll talk about manifest strategic approach to comms and how that works in the US and the UK. And if we have time, we'll, of course, debate the age-old issue of Americanisms. Perhaps we'll finally find out what to table this conversation actually means. Oh, oftentimes. <laughs> oftentimes. <laughs> and if we don't get to it, we'll have to table that conversation. <laughs> In the studio with me today, we've got some, um, some Americans and a partial American, I'd say, which is always a good idea when uh, discussing American issues. From our New York office, we've got David Watsky and Jess Becker. Hello. Hi, hi. And last but not least, we have Ellie Maynard from our London office. Hello. So. <laughs> very British. Very I, I was really, really <laughs> In case there was any, <laughs> there was any you know, confusion. Just I'm to make sure. <laughs> so, Jess, I'd like to kick this uh-huh. off with you, actually. Um, as someone who's worked in the US and the UK, um, well, started off in the UK and then made the move um, mm-hmm. over to our New York office. I'd like you to sort of um, give us some perspective here. T- tell us about your experience, what the biggest differences you noticed, um, and how easy it was to adjust. Um, okay, cool. So I think, I assumed that it would there'd be a lot more similarities than there actually is. I was like, how different can PR be in two cities, London and New York, that are so similar and everything else. Um, but actually, yeah, the differences were, were really stark. I guess some of the main things that I noticed were um, contacts are absolutely everything out there. Right. So I think in the UK, we often found that like you can have a really great story and it's going to fly on the merit of that story. But in the US, it helps so much more to, know the, to have the contacts out there. Otherwise, your emails go unanswered, your phone calls go unpicked up. Um, so yeah, contacts is super key. And they... It's very much like the old school method of, I guess, still wooing journalists and whining and dining them and stuff like that to, to, to meet them, which I don't think we do as much of in the UK. I think the reporters out there don't have as much space for PR stories. So we have titles in the UK like the Daily Express or like London Light, which we used to have ROP, um, which are basically like made for PR stories. Mm. Um, and I think reporters have a lot more flexibility in that they might be a features reporter, for example, so they can cover a whole host of different types of stories. Whereas I find that in the US, the reporters are a lot more specific or focused on their whatever their, their column yeah. is, for example. So they, if they're a celeb reporter, they just write about celebs. If they're a political reporter, they just write about politics. So it's harder, I think, for PR stories that fit that kind of are in the gaps who covers that who whose remit is that so i think right. the the there's not as many opportunities for pr stories um and i think in terms of timings i know I remember in the UK, like we would all be like hardcore pitching a story at like eight thirty on a morning if it's news, and you'd get the onlines that afternoon and the national newspapers the next day. Whereas in the US, reporters can sit and like sit on a story and think about it for like three or four days and then decide to write it up. Right. So it's like a, a a big kind of media story isn't necessarily going to land and then die like two days later but you could still be pitching it a week later and still be getting coverage so I think stuff is eked out quite a lot longer I think they were some of the 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 main differences that I noticed right and I guess I want to turn to you David to give us some perspective on the um on the media landscape because in the UK I think if we count Sunday papers separately we've got 21 national newspapers that actually are distributed nationwide, I'd say. Um, what's the situation like in the States? Um, 
And like, how do Americans get their news? Yeah, that's really interesting um, to hear. While we certainly have national newspapers, I can't imagine that we have anywhere close to 21 that make their way, you know, from coast to coast. Um, So, you know, it just leads me to believe that the regionals in the states are a lot more important or at least a lot more prevalent than they are here. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've pitched a story and, you know, gotten the journalist's attention, but they're just wanting that regional hook. How can I make this work for my audience um, here in, you know, my town or city? Um, so, you know, working to sort of, you know, find those those uh, regional ties. And, and I think that's, you know, those papers trying to separate themselves from, you know, a massive media market. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a tricky one because, I mean, from my knowledge, there's the, the New York Times, you've got the Washington Post, you've got the Wall Street Journal, which sort of is more financial, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, 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 it's a small market for a country of what 350 million people yeah for sure yeah do you think that your like broadcast opportunities are are a little bit i guess not easier than ours but um i guess your your broadcast like tv shows are a lot kind of like more national aren't they yeah i mean there's regionals as well in the bigger in the bigger media markets um but yeah it's it's a bit of both the 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 nationals because there are just a few and it is such a huge Mm. market and they have Mm. so many people competing for airtime it's really tough yeah. It's really t- tough to get on. You know, the Good Morning America's, the Today Shows, they just have thousands of pitches coming in every morning. So yeah. you really have to make it make it stand out. And, and they're doing a lot of paid stuff now, too. So you're, comp- you're competing with, well, you know, right. in- integrations and things like that. But if you if you can figure out how to sort of make a splash in the local markets, they're they're very impactful and clients can feel the uh, the results almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, again, got to find that regional hook. You got to make it make it work for, for New York or Minneapolis or Chicago or L.A. Yeah. What we don't have, I don't think, is tabloid papers in the same mm, way. Yeah. In that, like our nationals are more like a bit more highbrowy, like broadsheets in the UK. Mm. Yeah. We don't have any of like a counterpart to the Express or the Sun. And if we do, they're just on it. Like we have like the New York Post, for example, but it's just on a regional level. Right. So you don't have any like good national tabloids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is a, a big like loss for us in terms of PR terms because that's where a lot of our stuff can often. Yeah, it's interesting. So, how do your clients? How do they uh, view regional papers? Because here it's kind of the, the opposite from from what I'm hearing. If you get, you know. Coverage and I don't know the Brighton Star. I'm just making that up. Is that true? I think it's Am the Brighton I, Argus. The Brighton I think Argus, you should totally yeah. know that. Argus. <laughs> no wonder you're not getting coverage. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of like, oh, okay, that was good, but not good enough. Um, but it seems to me that you know that regional hook in, in the U.S. is is quite important. Very much so. Right. Yeah, and I think I think the I could be wrong, but I think the regions are maybe a little bit more. Um, Isolated is not the right word, but it's a little more defined. Mm. You know, the, the, it's just a big country with yeah. very different coasts and, you know, the South versus mm. sort of like, you know, New England. Um, you just have a, a, a very different audience and you just have to pitch in yeah. uh, a very different way because they're, they're looking for different stories. But Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm guessing even with startups, you know, if you're a startup based in L.A. or, or New York, mm-hmm. when, when you launch, your, your product might not necessarily be nationwide yet. Mm-hmm. While in, in the U.K., oftentimes when, when you launch, it's, you know, it's nationwide. It's 60 million people. That's large, but not compared to, to that. Right. I'd like to switch a little bit and bring you in, in Ali, um, to, I guess, a client perspective. Mm. As global business director at Manifest, you do sort of hop around across the uh, the Atlantic. Um, and do you sort of adjust your method of pitching and speaking to clients, you know, trying to woo prospective business? Um, does that change depending on what, coast, what side of the Atlantic you're on? 
if you'd have asked me maybe like two years ago, I'd have said no. We're going like really British, mm. like really like I guess like manifesting our approach. Yeah. Um, and we certainly kind of never really changed our pitching style. The kind of what they got in London is certainly what they kind of got out in New York. Just yeah. like that, that and, and, manifestation to it. And for for the listeners, what, what is the the manifest approach that? that oh gosh, what about pitch techniques? <laughs> Can we reveal the secrets? I don't know. <laughs> the secret sauce. Yeah, um, I think it's just like transparency, like honesty. Um, uh, I just like a refreshing approach to communications. I guess mm. that's what we try and do anyway. Like sometimes in pitches, it doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, but I guess now, like with with kind of like the team as it is now in, in New York, that's really changed. I think you know we've still got that manifest approach to it, but it's it's certainly got that more, I guess, cultural and, and American like. I guess aspect to it or yeah for sure I think mm. um, yeah like you said we used to go in and be like we're British we're proud yeah. this is what we stand for and then I think actually now what we do is we marry like this kind of big ballsy British creativity but with like the f- amazing American team that we have mm. and yeah. we meet somewhere in the middle right. um, because they know what, what we know what's like a good campaign looks like in creativity and but those guys actually know what works right. in America so, yeah. am, so, I, am I getting this right that are we saying the, the Americans are not as creative or not or, oh. or don't expect um, the same level of, 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 I guess, boldness. Do you know what? When we first set up New York, there was this, um, I guess, understanding, especially in British press, uh, like trade press, that it wasn't very creative in New York. There was a big opportunity for US, uh, UK agencies going over to the US. Right. Um, but a lot, you know, a lot, a lot tried it and didn't. it didn't work out mm. for them. Um, so we were kind of like looking at the opportunity to go, right, let's go and do what Manifest does or what it's known for here in the UK, mm. out in New York. But actually, it's, you know, there are some amazing campaigns going on in New York um, uh, that are really creative and really kind of progressive. But I think what Manifest Manifest, why we've succeeded out in New York, you know, for the past three, four years, um, is certainly just kind of thinking more about that integrated approach to everything. Mm. Um, and I think that's maybe where, like, maybe the New York agencies are not as, I guess, you know, as integrated in their approach. I would agree. I mean, I've worked for a few in New York, and I think safe is a word that I would use to describe them, especially now that I'm at Manifest. And, right. and I don't know if that comes from <laughs> clients or it comes from the top down at the agencies, but... Yeah. Uh, people were far less willing. And it's not that the ideas wouldn't, weren't floated around in brainstorms and even put on plans, but more often than not, they were shot down. And, and I, I don't have a great um, explanation for why that is, but it's definitely palpable, mm. um, you know, having spent the, the last four or five months at, the, at a UK agency. Now I see a, a, a difference in the way yeah. that you're able to sell those, those ideas into a client and get them yeah, to sort yeah. of come on board. So uh, refreshing from my, my perspective, yeah. but certainly different. And and I'm guessing um, in, in your time at Manifest New York, you've had ideas that, that have been bold and brave and would have got some pushback or shut down by clients. How do you deal with that? Is it Do you then insist and sort of break it down as to why this would work creatively? Or is it a situation where you try to revise the idea to almost water it down or temper it down? How, how have you mm. dealt with these In situations? the early days, we had pushback not just from clients, but from team members right. from like um, from like some of the American guys on the ground who we I remember we had a story for um, Innocent Gun who's yeah. a craft beer that we used to represent out there um, which was all about um, going after Trump and Clinton in the lead up to, to the elections we basically created a beer that was infused with the truth serum and I remember giving it to the guys and they were like there's no way we can set, we can pitch this to press like we can't go after Trump and we were like <laughs> yes we most definitely can and it ended up flying but I think there's um, we often have to back up a lot of the stuff of what we're saying in terms of the campaigns with stuff that we've done on the UK side. Mm. I think as well as um, we're... 
we're really creative, but it's creativity with a purpose. Everything that we do is super strategic. It's not just shocking for the sake of it. And I think if we've got a really robust strategy to back it up and the client's bought into that oftentimes to use your term um, they they end up they trust the strategy so they trust the idea will fly um, I think it's just about doing all the due diligence around a campaign as well so having really robust Q&A's making sure everyone's super briefed and all like the tricky answers the questions that we could get asked and um, stuff like that but yeah I mean we, we're not fans of watering down our ideas like, yeah. but they tend to not fly in all honesty <laughs> <laughs> I see um, and I, I, I want to go back to that idea of integration there that I think you, you brought up first Ali um uh is that something that makes um manifest unique and i guess is that is that a, would you say that's a british style of approaching creativity um or ha- having a, an agency where, where you can do a lot of things you can be a press office you can do social media you can do video content is that do you do we see that in america as well or um do they love that uniqueness that 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 we break uh, I'll let you. I'll go. Um, I I think. Well, obviously, I think we've been doing that way in the UK yeah. for you know for years now, and I think we've we're still kind of t- defining exactly what that me or what that is in terms of an agency. Are we communications? Is it an integrated agency? Mm. Um, trying to find the right you know. I guess the the name for us because of the briefs that we get in. Um, But I think in New York, it it started off as very much kind of um, a a different approach to it because we had the backing of Manifest London. Mm -hmm. Um, So New York was never sitting on its own as a PR agency or, you know, an integrated agency. It always had the skills of everyone in the London office to kind of lend across and and work with them. So, and I think that offering for, you know, our clients out there. So we we started off by bringing UK clients over to the US. and then very quickly started getting a lot of briefs in from um, clients that, in our network that we yeah. got out there quite quickly. Um, and, and they, you know, as soon as we showed them what Jess said about starting with why, starting with their purpose, starting yeah. with their brand, they just found it completely, you know, I guess, amazing because they get they get an agency to do everything rather yeah. than have like seven different agencies to yeah. do seven different things. Um, so I think that's been our strength for, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's also our strength here as well, mm. that um, strategic approach of defining the why first. And so it's not just, oh, here are some ideas that don't have any thread yeah. through them. You know, it's this is the why, this is the strategy, and then these. this is how we deliver, create, you know, creatively to that strategy. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about client expectations um, and the differences you find uh, with a British client in the UK, I'm looking at you, Jess, and <laughs> an American client in the US. What, what did they, A, expect of the agency as far as um, account handling and how do they expect coverage to roll in and be delivered? Mm, so in terms of what they expect of the agency, I think they... Um, we don't sugarcoat things, and this is manifest, and I think this is quite a refreshing way to work with clients right. in that um, if we don't feel that something's working, we're quite quick to say and quick to pivot onto something else. Whereas I think, um, from what we've heard, a lot of um, other US agencies um, do sugarcoat everything, tell, tell clients that it's going to be okay, maybe aren't as transparent, but we are super transparent. It's always the way we've operated, which actually I think clients find really refreshing. Mm. Um, 
we very much see ourselves as an, I guess, an extension of our clients' team. So we see we we don't have that kind of typical client and agency relationship. We very much want to be like one group all working together towards the same goal, and I think um, that's quite a different way of working as as well with clients, which I think they really like. I just think it takes clients uh, a little bit of time to get their head into a different that different workspace. Um, in terms of coverage, I mean, I think our clients. Um, David, you can probably jump in, but I think they're quite um, realistic in terms of their expectations. I think a lot of our clients um, are ex-agency themselves, which I think always helps. So they're quite realistic about knowing that kind of coverage can take a while to to come in, that we've got to do kind of a brand awareness piece before we do like the more quirky, um, creative angles. um, And that, yeah, I'd I'd say, I mean, all our clients are amazing. Um, I think they're quite realistic. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, what I've noticed um, working with some that have had representation in the UK but not the US, this being their first time or you know having having, having switched agencies, um, I think they've noticed, and, and it wasn't something that I noticed because I haven't done PR in the UK, is that things do take a little bit longer. I think, you know, sort of hearkening back to what I said before about the, the you know, millions and millions of brands that are pitching stories every day to, you know, a select number of outlets, especially national ones, the uh, the selection process is, is a little bit different. They have a lot to choose from, um, from the from the broadcast on down. So it's really about, um, you know, starting those conversations from scratch, from the ground up, mm. introducing, you know, the brand and what it has to offer, and mm. then um, sort of, you know, building from there. Um, and finding out, you know, how you can fit into their editorial calendar because there aren't. It, it is a little bit trickier to get that stunty stuff to land, mm. um, as Jess as Jess had mentioned before. Um, not impossible, but just a little bit trickier. So it's it's really about, um, you know, sort of a, a slow drip, <laughs> <laughs> a slow drip, like the coffee, like the coffee. Um, let's talk about people. So, Ali, you've you've had um, you've had experience with interviewing. Um, Obviously, uh, new new starters here um, and interviewing folks in, in the U.S. Uh, are there any differences in the in the oh, type God, yeah. and the <laughs> the style of personnel that we see in, in you know in the U.S. and the U.K.? Yeah, do you know what we we found it so hard to hire in the U- in the U.S. First of all, just because right. um, you know our, our our typical job out is like no suits, no dickheads, no gurus. Yeah. Um, and then straight away, like, you know, they turn up in a suit um, telling you what a guru they are. And that, I don't know, they're not all dickheads. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it is, it's, and it's all about the sell. But right. then they come in and we like to have like a, you know, the pub test first of all in, in, in the first interview. So just yeah. do we get on with them? Are they going to work hard and be nice to people? Is there chemistry? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to to cut through all the, the selling that they do to you. Um, in the first instance so yeah hiring in the US we found really difficult first of all and I think what we found now is that um, I guess the location of our office really 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 oh really the calibre of people like when we were based in we we first opened up in Madison Avenue um, which is a real cliche kind of agency (laughs) thing to do but it it was great Um, and uh, yeah we had you know we had a starter we had we actually employed a, a, a UK person first of all Um, and then as we were kind of recruiting as we moved around went to Wall Street and we just got the completely wrong kind of people Mm. coming to our interviews and and, you know looking for hire because they thought we were a financial agency or because we're based over there but now we're based in Dumbo you know we're getting the real kind of right people to fit our culture hipsters Shortest transplants. No, it's just so much more of a creative vibe. So it's um, you know you're getting the right kind of people that will fit yeah. the manifest right. approach. 
I think as well as to start with, we were very much seen as a start. There was like a couple of Brits like trying to like take over America and we were more of a risk but now there's like 10 of us we've got some like amazing campaigns and they're about we're winning awards we're getting coverage like weekly for all of our um, clients and we're not actually seen as a risk we're seen as a really exciting opportunity now so I think like our brand has manifest New York has grown up a lot over the last three years and now we're seen as a really attractive um, Mm. kind of offering for for potential candidates right and would you say the, the Americans that we have at manifest have brought an extra um, I guess a different perspective to to how we we work, or do we sort of indoctrinate them in the manifest way once they arrive? <laughs> <And> <laughs> I think I think an insanely uh, they've been so valuable. Yeah. We could, manifest New York couldn't be where it is today without the all the Americans in the office. Yeah. I feel indoctrinated. <laughs> <laughs> it's working well. Um, I think we what we do really well at the moment. We've now I feel like got to somewhere where we've got that like perfect harmony yeah. of the British manifestness and the Americanness. Yeah. And that's what we work and that's what we go in and yeah. pitch to yeah. to potential clients and that's what they love is yeah. we've got we've got the the blurring of those two worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um if I look at the Stockholm office as well mm. there is there is the strength of our our culture mm. um is so versatile. So wherever we open could it, it be in Stockholm be in New York San Fran, Cape Town, we're still always going to retain that, mm. you know, essence of, of manifest. And then we just add sort of an extra sprinkling of the, of the, the local flavor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think that's, that's why we've been successful yeah. um, in London and, and in New York and, and in Stockholm as yeah. well. I think that's why it's so hard to hire, though, yeah. because finding someone that's got that, like, manifestness within them mm. um, is really difficult. Like that's yeah. the hardest thing. Like you, we can find hundreds of people that have got the right skill set and the right media context, but finding someone that's got that manifest sparkle that we want yeah. um, is is the hard thing. Yeah. So why have some agencies? I know that there've been a, a few that have um, started off in London and then tried in in, in in New York, especially. Why do you think they've they've failed? Oh gosh. I Mm-mm. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people, when we said we're opening in New York, you know, kind of looked and was like, oh, you know, a lot of people haven't done it or a lot of people haven't you know, succeeded. Um, what? How are you going to do it? And I was like, we're just going to do what Manifest does out there, you know. Yeah. We're not going to go out there and expect to transform the industry or, you know, do really brave things because there's still some great stuff, you know, going on in New York. We can't be arrogant about that. Mm. But what we can do is just go in and do this, you know, do, do what we know works and right. offer clients something completely different, which is why Manifest was set up in the first place. Mm. Um, and, you know, linking to what you just said about um, Stockholm and New York, I think what clients love is that any any office they walk, work, uh, walk into for Manifest, um, they know it's Manifest, like the way, even the, the way it's interpreted through yeah. their culture and yeah. through the people that we hire. It really feels like you've, you've kind of well, you've gone home, which is yeah. really cool. Right. Um, and then if we look at clients um, and client expectations and clients' knowledge of um, of how comms works, would you say that um, on a broad level is is quite the same? Are, 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 do clients expect the same thing as far as the approach to the comms? Do they expect the same thing in the US and in, in the UK? Or is there some um, teaching, I guess, or coaching you, you have to do to say, oh, this is what comms is and this is mm. how, how we, we do things. This is public relations. This is the, the process. Um, do you find that knowledge to be the same? I think it's varied, like, client to client, to be honest. I think um, one of the things that we definitely educate our clients on more so in the US is, 
like strategy. Right. So I think a lot of clients um, are very used to having publicity shops that literally just pitch out the okay. functional benefits of a product so it goes harder, faster, mm. it's more sparkly than <laughs> the previous one in the market. Yeah. But I think the thing that we do at Manifest um, is obviously build up the strategy and the why. And I think that's what genuinely excites the client, the US clients and they're not used to from the US agencies. And do you find that they're very receptive to, to that approach or is there pushback? They, I think they love it. They right. love that like kind of emotional element of the brand. And I think they feel that wow, finally an agency like really get my brand, really get why if they're a founder I created it, really get what we're trying to say. Right. And like going back to your early question about why the UK agencies perhaps haven't succeeded, I think it might be something to do with they've gone across to the US, tried to just be a publicity shop like all the other US agencies and just literally like pitch out products mm. but actually because they're UK they don't have as good contacts so they've kind of failed on that mm. whereas we've kind of gone over there and built out strategies which mm. um, feels a lot stronger and I think I don't know maybe that's why we've mm. succeeded I don't know it's just a guess Oh, I, I Plus, we're really stubborn, so we're not going to fail. We're yeah. just going to keep buying. <laughs> <laughs> Tenacious bitches. Tenacious yeah. as hell. <laughs> and um, I guess uh, my next question would be about um, what ways, what American styles of working would you like to see in, in the in the UK, and what UK styles of working would you like to see in in, in the US? Oh, good one. Well, I, I mean, sort of touched on it before, but. Um, you know, the those get those get fired ideas are fun to you know at least take them to the next step. It sort of um, reminds me of this time I, I did the PR for a big um, a bourbon company, which I'm, I'm sure you'd know if I said the name. But we uh, we had this meeting once when we were planning for their um, for their sort of yearly time in action plan, and we actually had a meeting. It was called the you know bring your get fired idea to the meeting. There was like twelve of us. You need to bring that in. Except yeah. none of the get fired ideas, which a lot of them I thought were amazing, <laughs> they made just, it like, into get the a plan. Slap on the wrist yeah. Ideas. Well, <laughs> we all got fired. Um, no, but none of them actually made it past that next step, past that right. meeting. Um, I'm not quite sure why. I don't know if there was a fear of sort of jeopardizing such an important account, or um, you know, they just didn't see the client you know, um, receiving them well. But uh, I have a feeling if that same meeting were to happen uh, with Manifest, those ideas would would at least make it past the goalie. Mm. Let's make Um, it a thing. Yeah, I'm into that meeting. Yeah. And some some really cool stuff came out of it, and it, it ended not end, didn't end up going anywhere. So, um, so so just a little more, I think, um, brazenness. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to you have to you know put every single one into action, but at least um, sort of sort of get them flowing through the system. I think is important, and and by that I mean to the client, so yeah. they know that there are, there are you know other things out there than cocktail recipes. <laughs> <laughs> True. Ali, is there anything you'd like to to see? Do you know what when um, when I work in the New York office, one thing that always like surprises me is the amount of events that happen per night and the and the and how well attended they are by media. Right. Like every night there could be like seven events and they'll go to every single one they're invited to. Like it's like here, I, when I, as soon as a client or you know we come up with an event, I just panic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to get so many media there, yeah. um, and and it's an instant, just like oh gosh. But actually, in in the US, you know, it's, people go to like five events one night, and that, that's that's completely normal. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something that I'd love to kind of bring over here and just make happen. But I think it's tricky. I don't know how I don't know how you get people yeah. to go to so many events in one night. It's impressive. Yeah, I guess it goes back to the point you made um, uh, at the start, Jess, where 
a lot of the of, of the UK have so many beats. Um, so I guess they they're a lot busier. Mm. Um, they're not as they're not as um, focused or specific. Um, so in in the US, you can just say, all right, I'm done writing about politics for the day. I'm going to leave work at five and go to events. But you know, in the UK, you, you're writing so many stories. You have so many sort of you, your fingers in so many pies. It, just, it might st- stretch you out as as, as a journalist. Mm, I, I do think US reporters are super stretched. There's been like there's layoffs every week. It right. feels like all the fake news ain't going to rise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I do think they're stretched. I don't know. Maybe it's, I, they probably just. I think they just yeah they're into the whining and dining more so. It's a bit like old school Ab Fab days of PR where it's <laughs> right. all about yeah. Bring being, those back. being entertained, bolly, bolly, bolly. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, it'd be interesting to know what the um, the salary, uh, yeah, uh, disparity is between the UK and the US, if there is one mm. for journalists. Because I know, I, you know, I've got a, a few close friends that are journalists and and fairly high level, and and they really don't, you know, yeah. do particularly well. Mm. So I don't know if if. Uh, so they got to go to events to Exactly. Events oh, the press trips and the and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Going go down to events for sustenance. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, no, honestly, this has been this has been really good. Um, I think there's sort of three things and uh, I've been picking up and I've written them down. Um, which is be bold, be persistent, and be strategic. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Once you you have that. Um, that formula, that mixture, then um, you're in for success on both sides of the Atlantic, really. Um, yeah, no, honestly, guys, thank you so much. Any, does anyone else have anything to add? Good for me. Your voice really is like silk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give us a few bars of... Uh... <laughs> Might start freestyling. Um, no, uh, thanks so much. Um, I think we've uh, we've... You know, made good use of you guys in London. Um, how, how long are you guys here for? We're here. We've got a couple more days of meetings, okay. and then we're going back to the other side of the pond. Okay. But yeah, thanks Same. for having us. Yeah, you're most welcome. All right, and uh, until next month for the fourth episode of Fresh Meat. Thank you. 